What made Josh or Caleb an optimist was because he also believed the words of the song that we've just sung. He believed in God and believed God was watching over him. He believed God was watching over him in spite of what he had seen and what had been a part of his down through life. Paul reminds us in Romans 15 verse 4 that whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Catch a little bit about Caleb, if you will, as you could read over in 1 Corinthians 10, and you read down through there, but down at verse 6. Now, these things became our examples. We're to look at what had taken place, and we're to draw lessons from that. There in 1 Corinthians 10, we're looking at the negative side of things that took place. But there is that positive side. And at times it's hard for us to catch that glimpse of what it is that God has in store for his people despite what the majority of the people see going on around them. We looked in verse 12 of the reading this morning. Now therefore give me this mountain which the Lord has spoken. If you remember the spies that had gone into the land, believe that that mountain, that city, could not be taken. You look at the report of the ten spies who had come back, we made the comment, the land is as God had said it would be. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. And then that three-letter word that entered into their life and that times can enter into our life as well. But there are giants in the land. And their cities are well fortified. But it is, as God has said, outside of that. He believed, Caleb, that the Lord could do exactly what he had said he would do. He would be given Hebron as a city for him. If you read the scriptures concerning Hebron, it was where Sarah was buried. It would become one of the cities of refuge in Joshua 20 and verse 4. And it would be where David would be crowned king in 2 Samuel 2 and verse 4. But the fact that Caleb was given a promise that he would inherit this land You have to go back and look at Numbers 13 and verse 30. Caleb quieted the people before Moses 
and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That optimism. But it wasn't just optimism. It is as the Lord has said that moved Caleb. It was belief in God that God would keep his word. When the people looked at the obstacles around them, they became afraid. As you go into Numbers chapter 14, so all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Instead of rejoicing, that the land was being given to them. They wept. But again, Joshua and Caleb tore their clothes in disgust at the faithlessness of the people there in verse 6 of Numbers 14. And then in verses 11 and 12, God's anger at the people. He is threatening to destroy them in Moses' intercession on behalf of the people there in Numbers 14, verses 13 through 19. You think about Caleb and Joshua. Paul would remind us there in Hebrews and 1 Corinthians 10 that with most of them God was not well pleased. And you think about Joshua and Caleb. There was over 600 fighting men of age 20 and up. Plus the wives and then there's the children. Of how many of that generation, we know again of over 600,000 men alone, plus those who had wives, could have been well over a million. And Joshua and Caleb watched them die, almost on a daily basis, if you will. Watch all of those that he grew up with, all of those that he was associated with. He would watch Aaron die. He would know of Moses' death. Those that he loved, that he cherished, that he'd followed died in the wilderness 
because of a lack of faith in God. And why? Because they chose to look at physical circumstances, both in their travel in the wilderness and in the spying out of the land. You think about the faith that it took for those 12 men to go into land that they had never seen before, had no idea what was in the land, of how they would go through the land and be able to spy it out. But to have a trust in God that that's what they were to do and were willing to do. And to be able to come back with a report. We are well able to take this land. The ten said no way. There's no way we can take this land. And we're concerned if we go in to try to take the land, we'll be slaughtered and our children will become servants and slaves of the people in the land. And God would remind them, you're not going into the land, but your children will, that you were concerned about. We look at the physical oftentimes in our life look around and see things as they're going and we forget. As we mentioned in the auditorium class this morning, the three Hebrew children, our God, He is able to deliver us. But nevertheless, let it be known unto you, O King, that we will not bow down and worship this idol. That thought is heard so seldom among God's people. Our God, He is able. Paul in Philippians 3.20, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. We see as Israel of old the physical circumstances and they seem so insurmountable. The longer we live on this earth, the more hostile we see the world becoming towards those who simply want to follow the Word of God and to worship Him in spirit and in truth and to worship Him in a way that was described in the Bible. And at times we experience fear of what may happen. And we're given these examples here, the three Hebrew children, Joshua and Caleb, and others to remind us, it does not matter the strength of the opposition 
It matters not the tactics that the enemy may choose to use. Because in fear and the lack of trust in those who claim to know God and to say it's impossible, it cannot be done. And then you have a man like Caleb. Now 85. And telling Joshua, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain that was the highest obstacle to those ten spies. Give me this mountain whose cities are well fortified and high who the ten spies said, we cannot take. You give me the toughest assignment that is there, and I, with the help of God, will take the land. That key phrase, with the help of God. Whatever it is that Satan has and can develop and is using, is always weaker than what God offers to his people. It does not mean that they will be the absolute paradise on earth. Even as they went into the land, they had to face the problems that were there. That land flowed with milk and honey. The people wanted it to be such as they wanted it, and not an obstacle which was not an obstacle in essence as it was a test of faith in God. I have a blessing to give to you. I have a blessing to give to you of forgiveness of sins the hope of an eternal life with me one day. I have a blessing to give to you that whatever it is that you face, you are able to overcome. Based on your trust that I will do just that. In humans... We look and we think, how can that be? How can things be victorious for us when we suffer such defeats? How can things go forward when we suffer such setbacks? How indeed are we richly blessed beyond measure when everything crumbles around us? Caleb had that attitude of that willingness to accept the assignment. One, to go into the land, spy it out. Two, is to be convinced without a moment's hesitation. One, based on faith, but two, based on experience. 
What had Caleb seen? Had he not already seen the hand of God? Had he not already seen the ten plagues? The crossing of the Red Sea? The provisions of manna and of water? The giving of the quails? Had they not seen the hand of God already? Had they not already done the impossible? Were slaves with no training, no background, to be able to gain freedom from one of the greatest nations on the earth at that time, one of the greatest armies on the earth at that time, and to walk out of that land and cross the Red Sea. Had they not already seen that? Had they not already experienced? Moses experienced on Mount Sinai. The giving of the Ten Commandments. Had they not already seen the hand of God in dealing with those who did not trust or did not believe in God? Pouring his rebellion? Had they not seen the loss, the miraculous loss of lives as a result of that rebellion? Had they not seen the hand of God that was leading them? How could they doubt that God cared for his people? And as you think about God's people and you read, read the great hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 and I often mention as I read verse 35 and following it's always is that reminder God still watched over his people who in the eyes of the world were not worthy who were hunted down like wild animals, who were fed to wild animals, sawn in two, torn asunder. And yet they are described as God's people. And that God was not ashamed to be called their God. Have we not seen the hand of the mighty God And are overcoming Satan in this world to become a child of the living God. Have we not already seen the hand of God in working in our lives, helping us to overcome the trials, the tribulations, the persecutions that may have come our way? And do we not take God at his word He would remind the Hebrew writers in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Has not the Lord himself said, I will never leave you 
nor will I ever forsake you. Caleb was an optimist. Ten of those spies said they could not take the land. But Caleb and Joshua were outnumbered. And it seems there are more people that will not than there are people that will put their trust, their faith, their hope, and their life in the hands of God and take him at his word. Caleb always trusted God. In Numbers 14, in verse 8, it was Caleb who said, If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. If the Lord delights in us, had he not delighted in them? He was not ashamed to be called their God. He had delighted in them. He will bring us into the land. We don't know the how. We do not know the when. But God always has been with his people. Even when they fall. And if they would get, <clears throat> get back up and trust him, he would still be with his people. He knew the source of his strength, Caleb's, that it was God. God is the one who strengthens. I'm just as, Caleb said, I'm just as strong today as I was 40 years ago. God has strengthened us. God sustains us. And God indeed is with us. Verse 9 of Numbers 14. And we need to know and always understand that as we work for the Lord, we work with the Lord, and we never work alone. Ours is doing the work of the Lord and trusting that He is working in us and through us and the doing of His work of which we may not fully understand the whys or the hows or the timing but to have that trust. John reminds us in 1 John 4 and in verse 4 that we are gods and we have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Do we understand and believe that? Do we trust that? That God who is in us is greater than Satan who is in the world. And it doesn't matter what tactics Satan uses. And it does not matter how long Satan uses those tactics. God is still greater. And God is still with his people. 
And if, excuse me, and if some should lose their physical life, it does not mean that God had not, has abandoned them. And if we should suffer <coughs> tremendous physical persecution, that does not mean <coughs> that God has abandoned us. If it's not according to our time schedule, does not mean God has abandoned us. God is still in control. And what he gives to us may not be in the way that we would so desire it to be. You think about the lessons that Caleb learned along the way. He lost family. He lost friends. He lost those that he had great respect for. As they died day by day in the wilderness. And there's no indication that his faith ever wavered. During that 40 years in the wilderness. Or that it wavered as they crossed the Jordan River to enter that land that flowed with milk and honey. I was able at one time to be able to cross the Jordan River leading into Jericho from the other side. And I would think about the scriptures that when they saw the land, it flowed with milk and honey. And I look at that land as we crossed over there. One was dealing with the human side of it. We're crossing a bridge that's only wide enough for one vehicle to cross at a time. On the Israeli side, there's a guard tower up there with the guard standing behind a 50 caliber machine gun. And on the Egyptian side, the Jordan side rather, there's another guard in the tower, and he also has a 50 caliber machine gun aiming across that bridge. And you're just hoping neither one of them got a happy trigger finger. But the other side is... <clears throat> That land did not look like it was flowing with milk and honey. But then I remember they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And 40 years in the wilderness, that may have looked like a land flowing with milk and honey. But I know the land has changed since then. We're simply saying, where's that trust? Joshua lived his life in faith to God. And he has a reward. That far excels anything that was here. And is that not true for us? We have a reward. That far excels anything that we have here. We like the blessings. We like the progress. 
We like the riches, not the material ones per se, the riches of the fellowship, the bond that ties us together, the love of Christ that dwells within our heart. But all of this is only temporary. And we long for that which is eternal. Will we put our faith, will we put our trust, will we put our hope in the one who makes it all possible? Will we serve that risen Savior that's in the world today? Will we serve that loving God who watches over his people and has promised without a moment's hesitation I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. If God be with us, who can be against us? The question is, are we with God? Have we believed that he is? Have we believed that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? Have we given him our soul as we repent of the sins that separate us from God, as we confess that Jesus is that Savior, obeyed him in baptism for the remission or the forgiveness of sins so that we may be raised to do what? To walk in newness of life. Live this new life in the trust of God. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be as white as snow. Only the blood of Jesus is able to do that. If that's not yours this morning, it can be. Have you forgotten what you have in Christ and need to come home? That opportunity is given to you as well. That if you need to respond to that invitation, that we can help or assist you. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.